We did this the very first time last year on Memorial Day weekend, and it's what we, we like to call five in six, or influencers weekend, or whatever you want to call it, but it's five people speaking for six minutes apiece, all right? So I'm not going to bring the message today. They're going to bring the message today, all right? And I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm pretty excited about it because I've already heard it one time. They've put a lot of work into this uh, for a few weeks now. They've been practicing and preparing, and they've had to practice their message in front of each other and, and get some critiques. And, and so they've honed it in. For today, and so what I want you to do when we when we hear the message is I want you to respond like the TD Jakes up in this place, like like you 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 respond like they're just bringing the best message you've ever heard in your life because it's going to be the best message you've ever heard in your life today. Six five people for six minutes, it's going to be good. And so we've got uh, five different topics, and we the way we chose these topics was through the the Easter survey we did on Easter Sunday. We gave you a survey and we asked you to tell us. What are the topics that you want us to teach on? And we spent about five weeks doing a series just talking about those topics, but there were several leftovers, if you will, that didn't make it into the top five. They had a lot of votes, but they didn't make it to the top five. So here's how we came up with today's topics was we, we just took those topics. We said, well, hey, we didn't get to talk about them in the series. Let's talk about them in five and six. And so uh, Gary Wilson's going to start us off. Give it up for Gary today. Y'all going to love this. It's going to be so good. Gary's going to talk about overcoming adversity. And I know probably you've never had that in your life before, but Gary's going to talk about that. And then Danielle's going to take, uh, take on the topic, how to pray. This is Danielle Sal. Give it up for Danielle. Um, She's the better half of Pastor Caleb down here on the front row. So uh, she, she does great at what she does. She's um, just, you're doing a great job talking about how to pray, all right, how to pray. We all need to know and grow in that. And then after that, Jason Moody. Come on, let's give it up for Jason today. Jason's going to talk about uh, faith, stepping out in faith, and he's going to encourage you uh, with, with some of their story. His wife, Ariel Moody, right here to his right. Give it up for Ariel. She's going to talk about Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Spirit. And she's going to answer some questions. Who is he? What, what is he? Where, where, where's he from? You know, all those, uh, all those questions that we have. And she's going to answer those questions about the Holy Spirit. And then, uh, closing us out today, is Erica Prasad. Let's give it up for Erica today. Erica is going to close us out with uh, surviving life's worst moments. And uh, honestly, I think we've all had one of those moments where it was the worst moment of our life, right? It was the worst moment. We, we never want to relive it. We don't want to go back there. And so she's going to close us up with living through a bad day. And, uh, and it's going to be so good. So what I want to do is open us in prayer. And then you're going to hear uh, from them today, five in six, all right? Five people, six minutes. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the messages that they've prepared, uh, every one of the, the, the sweat equity that they've put into this, the time that they've spent studying, praying, talking to you, God. I pray that you would use this message today, these five different thoughts to speak to us, God. Let there be a nugget in each one that really just uh, causes us to lean into the moment. I thank you for your anointing upon their lives. I thank you for life change today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right, come on, let's welcome Gary Wilson. 
Good morning, everyone. Just want to say you are in the right place at the right time. All right. I want to say thank you to Pastor Ben. Thank you, Annalise. Thank you, City Hope family, just for giving me this opportunity to glorify God's kingdom. Okay. When Pastor Ben first asked me to speak today, my first thoughts were no. Nope. Not going to do it. Not this guy. Not me. I'm not going to do it. All right. And so then I told my wife, I said, hey, uh, Pastor Ben wants me to speak on May 30th. You know, what do you think about that? This is what she does. She starts laughing. She starts laughing, right? She called her sister. She called her mom and dad. She said, Mom, guess what? Gary's got to preach on May 30th. So she's having a chuckle fest, and I'm trying to get some support, right? But that's not, that's not the worst part, right? The worst part is she says, six minutes? That's not even long at all. So I'm thinking, if it's not long, why don't you come up here and do it? But I couldn't do that. I didn't want to be in the doghouse, right? I, I couldn't do that, right? We got to laugh about it. We got to laugh. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about overcoming adversity, all right? But before we get started, if you guys don't remember nothing about the next five minutes, if you fall asleep in the balcony, I'm watching you, all right? I want you to remember two words, two words, trust God, trust God, okay? It's easy to trust God when things are going good. You got a job, you got your health, okay? Kids are doing good. But real adversity, real growth happens in adversity, right? That's when you have to depend on something bigger than your problem. That's when you have to stretch, okay? You have to depend on God. The scripture says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It says, even though I walk. You know, a lot of times we want to run through the valley, right? If we're sick, I want to be healed right then, right? If we're broke, we want cash right now, right? We want to try to figure out them six numbers so we can hit the lottery and we can walk off a job, right? We want money, okay? But in the valley, that's where God is strengthening you. That's where he's, he's molding you. That's where he's, something's happening. You're growing, okay? Everything in life happens for a reason. Remember, to trust God. So in order to overcome adversity, you need to do four things. I'm finna preach like Pastor Ben says. I'm finna preach, all right? <laughs> you, need to, you need to pray. You need to find your purpose. You need to be positive, and you need to have faith, okay? First thing you need to do is pray. Now, you don't have to speak in tongue, although that's good. You don't have to, all right? You don't have to say, thou shalt help thy, all right? That's good also if you do, but you don't have to. What you need to do is talk to God, okay? Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, give it to God. Trust God, right? Lord, I need you. Lord, help me. Lord, guide me, okay? Trust God. Pray about it. Second thing you need to do is you need to find your purpose. What's my purpose in life? You know, we weren't born on this earth just to live and just to die, okay? Just to exist, just to go through the motions, before we were born, God had a purpose, and he had a plan for each and every one of us. So it's our job to find that purpose. So how do you find that purpose? Go to growth track, right? Growth track. What's growth track? If you're new, I'm going to tell you, all right? I'm going to tell you what growth track is. It's right outside the door, okay? And it's a series of questions, okay? And with those results, you're able to determine your gifts, your talents, and your purpose in life. Remember to trust God. 
Okay? So after you have prayed, you know your purpose in life. It's time to get positive, right? You got to get positive, okay? It takes so much energy to be angry, mad, bitter. Nobody wants that, right? You got to be positive, okay? I remember a time when I was at my job, right? And I was so angry. I was so frustrated. You know the times where if somebody says something to you, if you get one more text message, one more email, either they're going to get knocked out or cussed out, right? That's how I was. And uh, my mother-in-law told me, she said, Gary, my name's Gary, but she calls me Gary. She said, she said, you need to change the atmosphere. And at this time, this was several years back, I didn't want to change the atmosphere. I wanted to be mad. Everyone wanted to be mad, sulk, my humbug, the Grinch, that was me. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be positive, all right? And uh, she said, no, no, you need to change the atmosphere. So how do you change the atmosphere? She said, put on some praise and worship music. Speak it into existence, right? The scripture says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So speak it into existence, whatever you're going through, you know. Father, thank you. I'm going to have a great day that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Speak it into existence before you go out there. So next time you have some adversity, some bad breaks, this is what I want you to do. I want you to smile. All right, you got to smile about it. I want you to laugh, okay? Laughter is the best medicine. And I want you to speak it into existence, right? So after you have prayed, you know your purpose in life, and you're positive, you need to have faith. Okay? You need to have an even though kind of faith. What's an even though kind of faith? I'm going to tell you, right? An even though kind of faith is, even though I've had this leg pain, right? I've had this back pain. I got a bad report from the doctor. COVID, cancer, diabetes, whatever it is. Remember, God is a way maker. He's a healer. He's a doctor. Trust God. All right? You don't know where you don't know where your next meal is coming from. You lost your job. You got dead up to your ears. Remember, God shall supply all my needs. Trust God. Even though I've had this addiction all my life. My parents had it. My grandparents had it. Remember, God can break any chain. He can make a way out of no way. Trust God. Listen, God doesn't look at your faults. He doesn't look at your past. He doesn't look at your mistakes. But God looks at the content of your heart. My God is full of grace. He's full of mercy. He cares about you and he loves you. Trust God. are we supposed to pray? This is actually a really good and relevant question that thankfully Jesus himself directly answers during his Sermon on the Mount when he gives us the Lord's Prayer. A lot of you probably already know the prayer that I'm talking about, so if you do, say it with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Obviously, there are quite a few Christians and even a lot of non-Christians that have this prayer memorized. But do we really know what we're saying to God when we pray it? I mean, just the other day, I heard this woman starting to say the Lord's Prayer, and she said, Our Father, who art in heaven, Halloween thy name. Halloween, like that weird holiday at the end of October Halloween. And I started to laugh, but honestly, I can't blame her because nobody says hallowed anymore. In fact, a lot of the language that we use when we're reciting the Lord's Prayer is outdated, making it difficult to understand what we're even communicating to God when we pray it. So I wanted to spend a few minutes just talking about what Jesus really meant for us to talk to God about when we use his model of prayer. First, when we pray, we need to address God relationally. Jesus did not address God as his father on accident. He did it on purpose. And that is because God does not want us to pray to him out of obligation or religious practice. He wants us to talk to him because he loves us and wants us to pursue a relationship with him. That's why Romans 8.15 tells us you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his children, and now we call him Abba, Father. So beginning our prayer time by addressing him as our Father helps us approach our conversations as we should, as children having intimate conversations with our Father. When we pray, we also need to make sure that we pray for his agenda before our needs. When Jesus prays, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he is acknowledging God's perfect will and that we need to spend time in prayer focusing on what he's focused on, which is saving the lost and accomplishing his kingdom purposes in our lives. Luke 12, 31 tells us that he will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants us to bring our concerns and our requests to him. That's why Jesus prays, give us this day our daily bread. But when we focus first on God's will and what he wants to accomplish in our lives and in his kingdom, we will quickly and easily recognize that he already has our needs and concerns in mind and planned for, and what might feel like a big concern to us will probably feel a lot smaller in the grand scheme of everything God has in store for his kingdom. When we pray, we also need to forgive and be forgiven. Jesus asked God to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And when we pray this, we should ask God to check our hearts and our lives and show us areas where we need to forgive and be forgiven. 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So by praying for forgiveness and to, for help to forgive others, we are allowing God the opportunity not only to give us forgiveness, but to purify us and mold us into his goodness and his likeness. 
And lastly, when we pray, we have to engage in spiritual warfare. When Jesus prays, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, he is entering into spiritual warfare. And the truth is that when we pray in a way where our spirit truly connects to God's spirit, the devil is going to recognize and target us. But the good news is that Jesus has already defeated him and empowered us through his name to defeat him too. And prayer is our most powerful weapon against the enemy. And we can find victory and will find victory through prayer as we are empowered by his Holy Spirit. All we have to do is remember when we're praying that we are fighting a battle that is already won. Once we find ourselves praying in a way where we are truly utilizing Jesus' prayer that he gave us in the way that he meant us to, our hearts will easily be in the place to recognize God's goodness and his abilities. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I'll be honest, it was not that long ago that the majority of my prayer life looked like, dear God, please help me with this, 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 and this. Amen. But thankfully, last August, the day after Caleb and I moved here, we were able to come and be a part and experience 21 days of prayer here at City Hope. And that is where I learned these true meanings of the Lord's Prayer and where my prayer life was transformed. I found myself being so immersed in my conversations with God that five minutes would so quickly turn into 30 minutes and I was still wanting more time talking to my Father. So, my encouragement to you is for you to come to 21 Days of Prayer this August, which is two months from today, and in the meantime, pursue biblical models of prayer and see what God does in your prayer lives. So, Ben asked me to uh, speak about faith today. And um, I, I feel like sharing faith is, is kind of the best way to do it is telling a story. So today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a couple stories, um, a, probably a couple stories that everybody knows in the Bible. And then I'm going to apply a story that happened in our life uh, about three years ago um, and how that, that might apply for you and it might affect you in taking a step of faith. So today we're going to read in Hebrews 11, 7 through 9. Uh, chapter 7, or verse 7 says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from a flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that have never happened before. It was by faith that Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he, and he received the righteousness that, God, that comes by faith. And in the verse 8, we're going to read about Abraham. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land. And God, and God would give him his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land that God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was a, like a foreigner living in tents. And, and so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. So I'm going to tell, tell a story that, that kind of me and Abraham kind of have the, kind of have the same story. Maybe not lived in tents, but it felt like it at some times. <laughs> but um, in 2016, me and my wife got married. Uh, we've been married for about a year and a half or so, and we moved up 
Um, we moved north from where we grew up to uh, Madison, Huntsville, Alabama, where uh, Ben was a campus pastor at that time. And uh, I've known Ben since I was about nine years old. And uh, so when Ben moved up there, I was working up there. My wife got a job up there, so he's like, we're coming too, and we're going to come serve at the, uh, the campus you're at. So, and uh, we was there for about a year, and then in 2016, stuff started changing for us. Um, we, we just felt like God was like telling us, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving somewhere. And we didn't know what that was. We didn't know what that looked like. We didn't know how it was going to happen. But we, we grasped it, and we, we prayed about it. We fasted over it together, and nothing. God, he just, nothing happened. You know, he wasn't speaking to us. And so later that year, you know, same thing. We, we took it, we fasted, we prayed. Where, where do you want to take us? So this happened for about two years. And after two years, we were just like, I think, I think we're going to go to South Carolina. There's a church up there we can serve at, we can go to school at, and we can just, we can just do God's will, if that's what it is. But it still wasn't that thing. You know, when you, when you get married, you just know, like, that's your wife. Well, it wasn't that, like, we wasn't married to it. So we just kind of dropped it, but we were just kind of hesitant about it. And then I remember as clear as day, it was, it was in 2018. It was at the service, and I was playing drums at that time, and I was in the drum cage, and uh, Ben came up on stage at the end of the service just talking to the church family. And uh, I remember sitting in the drum cage, and everybody was done, and we were just trying to listen to what Ben was trying to say. And, and uh, he goes, I just want to let everybody know I love you, you know, the whole, the whole, that whole spill, and then he's like, we're going to move to Wichita Falls in, uh, you know, several weeks, we're going to transition out, and we're going to grow God's kingdom, start a church, and this is what God's calling us to do, and instantly, when he got done saying that, I'm in the drum cage, and Jesus goes, or the Lord goes, you're going with him, I said, no, I'm not, right out loud, I was like, I, I don't know what that is, so I kind of dropped it, I let, I just let it go, I didn't say anything to my wife, I didn't say anything to Ben, and then later that night, we was laying in the bed, and me and Ariel always have just like some casual talk, just kind of how was your day was or whatever. And so we're laying in bed, and I'm like, so did you hear anything from the service? Does God speak to you in service today? And uh, she just kind of giggled, and she's like, yeah, we're supposed to move. And I'm like, okay. I was like, yeah, I think we're supposed to move with Pastor Ben to Wichita Falls. And she just, she just started laughing, like, yeah, I think so. So I was like, okay, well, we just grasped it. And we were just like, okay, we're going to start fasting. We're going to start praying. And we're just going to, if this is true, we're going we're gonna to make sure. So we did research. We didn't know where Wichita Falls was. We was like, where is this place? Is it, is it an island? What is it? So we, we started researching. We was like, where's trees at? Where's the nearest mountains? Near, nearest thing is Colorado. And it was like everything we didn't want, honestly. And so we was just like, are, this sure, are you sure this is where we want to go? So we, we, we prayed, and God was just, every, everything just started lining up. Every sign, anything you can think of, we started getting married to it. So a couple weeks go by, and we was like, okay, we're making the decision. We're going to go. We pull up in Ben's driveway to tell him, like, hey, we're going to move to Wichita Falls with you. And I remember we, we pulled up in the driveway, and we just say a prayer, Lord, if this is your will, let it happen. But if not, please, Lord, let them say no so we can stay here. I'm serious. This is exactly what happened. We walk inside. We have dinner. And, and uh, I remember Annalise was sitting at the, at the counter, like the big island, and Ben was sitting beside us. And we was like, so the reason we wanted to meet with you guys is we're supposed to move to Wichita Falls with you. 
And at this moment, I was like, I hope they say no. I hope they say no. And, and Alan Elise goes, yes, I'm so excited. God, I can't wait until you move out there with this. And I just go to Ariel. I was like, crap, here we go. <laughs> so we, so we just made, we started making transitions. We, uh, helped Ben pack up. We moved him out here. So I had, then I had to go home and I had work transition. Like I was, uh, I was on the road to taking over my dad's company and I had to transition that. And it, it was a difficult time, but it was the best time in my life. And to, to say this to you, if, if you're, if God is speaking to you, if you have that small voice inside of you, the Holy Spirit just saying, you need to take a step of faith with whatever that is, if it's tithing on a Sunday, your finances, if it's serving, if it's giving one year to God, whatever that is for you, I would say do it. I, don't look back because this is the best journey I have ever been on. I wouldn't change it for nothing. It's been hard. It hasn't been easy, but it's the best thing I've ever done. It has grown me and my wife grown our family, my relationships. But all I'm trying to say, if God's speaking to you, jump all in. Because what I would say is 10 years from now or five years from now or two years from now, if you look back and say, man, I wish I would have done that. Just do it now. Because that's what I told my wife. I said, I don't want to look 10 years back and say, man, what if? What would happen if we would have went? So all I'm saying to you is, don't look back in 10 years and just say, what if? He's making me cry right before I have to speak. <laughs> so we love God the Father. We get Jesus the Son. But we don't know about the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit has kind of been given a bad rap. He's like based off of, you know, what so-and-so said about him or maybe past experiences. And I just want to start off by saying the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are. And so I'm going to answer five questions for you today. Who he is, what he does, when do you receive him, where do you see him in the Bible, and why do you need him? So to start off, who is he? Well, he is God. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit, and they are three in one. And he is a person. He's not an it. He has a mind, a will, emotions, and we have to know that in order to know we can have a personal and intimate relationship with him. And he is alive and active. You can feel his presence. I could feel it here today. And you can see him at work in your life. See, I used to believe that the Christian walk was like behavior modification. So, you know, let's act a little better. Let's follow all the rules. Let's dress a little nicer. Stop cussing. Do all the things right. But that's just not it. We need heart transformation. And that only happens by the present work of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. And what does he do? He empowers, he gives us strength. He comforts us on our worst days. He leads us into all truth. He points us back to Jesus. He helps us understand our Bible. 
And when we surrender our life to him, we will see his fruit inside of our lives. He also gives us good gifts. See, some people believe that after like the first church, you know, those there on Pentecost, the disciples and apostles, after they died, that the gifts of the spirit also ceased. But the Bible just does not say that. In fact, it gives language on how to use those gifts and it encourages you in those. And one of the gifts of a spirit is a miracle. So if a miracle has happened since Pentecost, then that's that. It has to be continued on. And when do you receive him? So when Pastor Ben first gave me the topic, the Holy Spirit, I was excited. I love the Holy Spirit. Then I begin to study and I begin to come really overwhelmed. I did not feel qualified at all to teach this topic. But the Holy Spirit kindly brought me back in and he showed me that none of us are in fact qualified. As a matter of fact, it's not by our good works or by our knowledge that we receive the Holy Spirit. It is alone by the work of Jesus. It is by his righteousness that we become righteous. And so when you surrender your life to Jesus and you ask him into your life, that is when you receive the Holy Spirit. And where do you see him in the Bible? He is throughout the entire Bible. It starts in Genesis 1-2 and you see him hovering over his creation. And then you see him throughout the Old Testament. He empowers different people to do different tasks. And then when Jesus comes and he's baptized, you see the Holy Spirit come down and rest on him like a dove. And then after Jesus is resurrected, he walks around for 40 days before he ascends to heaven. And he comes to the disciples and he breathes on them. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down. And when he comes down, he not only equips people to do his task, but he dwells within them. And why do we need him? Well, you see, after Jesus was resurrected, he did, he walked around on the earth for 40 days. But he told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem to do the, the task I've told you to do until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And what's so interesting is these men, the disciples, they have walked with Jesus firsthand. They have seen him do miracles. They've been right there. They've walked with him on the street as he taught them lessons. They've literally sat at his feet as he taught them. But the God knew that principles would not be enough, but that they would need power. And you see, Peter, he denied Jesus three times, but after he received the Holy Spirit, he became so overcome that he teached a crowd and 3,000 people came to know Jesus. And you, each one of you have a task that the Lord is calling you to do. And maybe you don't feel like you can do it. And you cannot do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit inside of your life. You need him to blow his fresh wind on your life. And let him empower you to do the task that he is calling you to do. The disciples could have never took the gospel to the ends of the earth. They could have never turned the Roman Empire upside down without the power of the Holy Spirit. So every day, wake up and ask the Holy Spirit, breathe fresh on me today. I need your strength. I need you to empower me today. 
And my prayer is that you will make room inside of your heart for the person of the Holy Spirit that you would spend time in prayer and you would get to know him, read your Bible and learn who he is because you're gonna need him for this next season of your life. And he's always with you. He's strengthening you and he's comforting you. Good morning. Good morning. All right then. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ben and Annalise, for trusting God and allowing me to speak to all of you today. I want to welcome my family from the East Coast. I, I commend them for being brave and coming to the West. <laughs> As the pastor mentioned, I'm Erica, and I am married to Mr. McDreamy, a Dream Team member, who you may know as Ramesh, who waves you in the parking lot um, every so often in the park, every Sunday. When Pastor Ben assigned me the topic, surviving the worst moments of life, ashamedly, I wanted to write down everything I could think of. I, then I thought about it. I acknowledge that though my list may be long, God's roster of warrior moments of survival is infinite. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you know our hearts, you know our minds, you know our sorrows. Lord, I pray that the message today will heal, instill hope, and acknowledgement that this life, this life, Lord, there will be trials and there will be tribulations. But you promise us in your word that joy awaits us. Amen. Some say that the worst moment of their life is when they got married. Some say it was when they were diagnosed with cancer. Some say it was when they were stricken with a life-altering injury, maybe the loss of a limb. Some say it was when they were deep into the world of addiction. Some say it was when they lost their job or their home. Or sadly, it was when their child went missing. While many will say that the worst day of their life was when they lost a loved one. I can attest that when my mother died of COVID last year, for my sister and I, and she's in the audience, it was the worst day of our lives. But although all of that may be true, we must remind ourselves of the many survivors of life's worst moments in the Bible, what God says about it, and how to use what he says to not only survive, but to thrive and overcome. James says it this way, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials and tribulations of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, that's firmness, that's endurance, that's unwavering endurance. Romans says it this way. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. When I think of endurance, when I think of endurance, I think of Job. If anybody should have the patent on trials and tribulations, steadfastness and survival, it would be Job. Reading his life story for me was like watching Groundhog Day with Bill Murray 
worst moment after worst moment after worst moment. Yet through prayer, faith, and trust in God, he persevered. Job not only survived, but thrived, and so can we. To each his own suffering, but we are not meant to go it alone. But so many choose to. The great news is, you do not have to. We do not have to. It is for us as a church body to be a help to one another. Get in a small group so you don't have to go through whatever you're going through alone. Utilize our prayer team at the end of every service. Scripture says, Thessalonians 5.11. Tells us to encourage one another. Build one another up. The instruction for surviving life's worst moments consists of a tried and true process of studying God's word, praying, praising, and trusting God amid whatever we're going through. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Now what do you do? You encourage yourself. One of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him that strengthens me, which means we can do more than survive. But we can overcome all things, all things, all things, through Christ who gives us strength individually and collectively as a church body. We survive by following in the footsteps of our predecessors who studied, who prayed, who praised, and trusted God to carry them through, and so should we. So if you are about to get married, you are married, or divorce is on your mind, I want you to study. I want you to pray. I want you to praise, and I want you to trust God. If you're diagnosed with cancer, I want you to study. I want you to pray. I want you to praise, and I want you to trust God. If you're stricken with a life-altering injury, maybe you've lost a limb, or maybe you know someone who has lost an arm or a leg, I want you to tell them to study. I want you to tell them to pray. I want you to tell them to praise, and I want you to tell them to trust God. If you lost your home, you lost your job, I want you to study. I want you to pray. I want you to trust God. If you're deep into the world of addiction, I want you to study. I want you to pray. I want you to praise. I want you to trust God. Your child is still missing, but I can assure you that God knows where they are. I want you to study. I want you to pray. I want you to praise. And I want you to trust God. And if a loved one has passed away, you survive it all, you study, you pray, you praise, and you trust God. Because I assure you this, in Romans 8, 35 to 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, thank you, or danger, or sword, as it is written. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors 
through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height or death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. Amen. 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 Amen up there to you guys too. Amen. Thank you guys. Thank you, thank you. Can, come on, can we just uh, honor everybody who brought the message today? I'm proud of you. Great job. So good. And, and you know what's interesting is uh, Gary started off by talking about trusting God. And Erica ended this by talking about trusting God. And, and they didn't plan that. So it must have been the Holy Spirit, right? He must, have, he must have been in all of the preparation of this so that maybe you're here today and God's speaking to you somewhere, somehow, in one of those messages, he dropped a nugget. In one of those messages, he gave you something he wants you to do, something that he's stirring up on the inside of you. And I, I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's... Um, Overcoming adversity, walking through some things in life. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's surviving life's worst moments. Maybe it's just that you need some fresh wind in your sails today. Like you're you're a Christian, you you believe in Jesus, but you're you're just kind of dry. And this is uh, the summertime. I, I love summer because we kind of get to get out of the routine a little bit. But I also hate summer because you get out of the routine a little bit, don't you? Maybe your relationship with the Lord kind of takes a back seat for a while because we've got all these things, all these plans, and, and we get out of routine. Maybe it's the Lord is calling you to do something. There's a step of faith that he wants you to take, and you're just not so sure. You're not ready. Maybe like Jason and Ariel, maybe it's time for you to just take a step of faith. I remember when um, we sat across from each other at, at a restaurant, Jason and I, and um, he hadn't told me yet that he was feeling like they were supposed to move here to help us start the church. And for like a good 30 minutes, he just talked about how he felt like the Lord was calling him to move somewhere and move somewhere. And, and um, so finally I said, do you just want to move to Wichita Falls with us? <laughs> And, and, and he's like, yeah, I think that's what we're supposed to do. But, but it, it took a moment of, like he said, we became married to this step of faith that we felt like God wanted us to take. Maybe there's something for you God's calling you to do, and you're just, you're dating it, and he's wanting you to just go all in with it. Come on. You, you ladies out there, you know, if you, when you were dating, you're like, come on, put a ring on it. Like, let's go, right? And maybe that's where you're at right now the Lord's just saying hey come on put a put a ring on this let's let's step out in faith maybe it's maybe it's um Holy Spirit whatever it is for you I, I want you to bow your heads close your eyes and if you're here right now you say something in the message I don't know what it was for you but something in the message spoke to you Pastor Ben 
I have some homework. God has spoken to me. There's something that I've gotten out of this message that he wants me to do. He, he's teaching me. He's showing me. It's, it's a play that he wants me to run. It's, it's something that he's calling me to do. I, I don't know what it is for you, but you do. And I'm just asking you to acknowledge today that there's something that you got out of this message and you're ready to go all in with it. Whatever that is for you, if that's you, would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me, Ben. There's something God's speaking to me today. Come on, just be bold and courageous. Hands are up all across the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm just ready to step out in faith. I'm ready to be bold. I'm ready to acknowledge. And so, Father, right now, for every hand that was raised to just acknowledge that you're speaking, that you're, that you're in this moment, God, that you're, you're leaning in, and so are we, Lord. We're leaning into this moment. We just ask you to take Take what we have. We give it to you. All, all of our faith, all of our brokenness, all of our worries and fears, every, every, everything, God, we just surrender it to you and we want you to use it for your kingdom and glory. God, would you, would you grow us? Would you empower us by the Holy Spirit to, to uh, leave here differently? That the things that you've spoken to us about, Lord, we won't put it on the back shelf anymore, but we're gonna lean into this. We're gonna take it serious because you are doing something in our lives. You've spoken today through five different people. Would you let it sit in our hearts today? Let it speak to us. Let it, let it, let it change us, God. With your head still bowed, uh, maybe, maybe you're here and your next step is to, to give God your absolute trust. It's the one thing that, that you're holding back. Maybe you're kind of checking the church out. Maybe you're checking out Christianity. Maybe you've been down some roads before and you, you've tried to find your way through different things, but you're here today and, and you're, you're ready to go all in with Jesus. It takes an all in moment. It takes a trusting God moment that you can't just have him on your list. He's got to be at the top of your list. And so I want to give you that opportunity that if you don't know Jesus, if you're far from God, if you're calling the shots in your life, if you're in control of your decisions in your life and you're doing things that, that you know, you're just running your life, salvation is inviting Jesus to come into life, to be, to be the king of your heart, to be the king of your life, to let him begin to call the shots in your life. And if you're ready for that, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. And it just requires you to make a decision and to be bold about that decision today. So if that's you, on the count of three, would you slip up your hand and say, I'm ready to go all in. One, two, three. I'm ready to give Jesus every, every part of my life. Amen. I see you here. Anybody else? Thank you. I see you in the back. Anybody else? I'm, I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to trust God with everything. How can Erica stand up here and after surviving life's worst moments be able to say what she said and stand in a place of, of authority and victorious? It's because she knows God. She has a relationship with God. Who else would say, that's me, Ben. I'm, I'm ready to go all in with Jesus. Anybody up, up top in the back? Amen. Come on, let's say this prayer together for two or three people who've who've acknowledged Jesus today. Come on, let's say this. Say, Jesus, I give you my life, all that I am, all that I have. I trust you. Will you forgive me for doing things my way? Wash me clean. Make me new. Give me a fresh start. I surrender 
my life is yours. And from this day forward, I will serve you and I will follow you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's thank Jesus. Let's thank Jesus for life change today.